0: Hey there and welcome to the Sponsor Talk Podcast, where we interview some of the leading minds in the world of sponsorship marketing and discover the various ways in how brands interact with properties within sports, arts, film, music, you name it. Today's episode is with Jackie Ryan, Chief Brand and Commercial Officer of the Canadian Olympic Committee. Thanks for tuning in and hope you enjoy today's episode. I would love to start the conversation around you know your work with Team Canada, and the Canadian Olympic Committee, uh, because it's it's obviously been uh, a crazy few months. Uh, you know, you were, you were planning for the Tokyo Olympics and, uh, you know, a lot of things have changed uh, since this time last year. So, you know, when you made a stance uh, uh, to kind of say, our athletes aren't going to go to the Olympics this year if it happens this year, because we want to prioritize their safety. You know, I kind of wanted to talk about The process of how a decision like that is made. So there's, there's obviously a ton of communication that goes behind it. But you know, what were some deciding factors for you and the team to really make that call? And uh, who did you consult with and talk to about it?
1: No, that's a great question. Do you mind if I just start by thanking you and Justine? I think this is amazing that you pulled this together. Uh, You know, we're all looking for a connection. To know that we're connecting globally right now is is just, for me, just amazing. Uh, And then to also know that you're, uh, you know, that we are all and you are leading the charge to help with, uh, you know, food insecurity, which is an issue uh, all the time, but in particular in this COVID environment, you both should be applauded for the amazing work. That you've done and I'm just happy to participate. <laughs> it's the two of you for sure. So uh, uh, thank you. So yeah, no I'm, I'm happy to jump in. Uh, so, uh, I, so I am the Chief Brand and Commercial Officer for the Canadian Olympic team uh, and for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm really, I think I'm nine months into the job. So uh, not only do did we go through an unprecedented experience, uh, you know, two months ago, Um, but for me being new to the organization, uh, what a tremendous opportunity to learn everything there is to be learned about the business and, uh, really dive in with both feet. So anyway, it's, uh, you know, it's a very vivid memory for me probably will be, uh, for the rest of my career and something I will tell my daughter and grandchildren about one day. Uh, so, uh, so the background there is, um, that, uh, way back in March, um, I mean, we had all just started working from home. Uh, Canadian Olympic Committee started working home on uh, March 13th. So we've been working from home uh, about a week. Uh, It was Saturday, uh, March 21st, when we first started talking about, um, you know, there there might be something that we need to do here. The IOC um, had maintained, for, for probably important reasons for themselves, the position that it was still time to continue training and uh, look forward to the games uh, this coming July. Uh, and, uh, you know, factors were still unfolding. So the entire COVID environment back in March, I don't think any of us really understood, uh, and perhaps don't even understand today. Um, but as we thought about that, and then uh, we were hearing from the athlete community that, um, you know, they were quite concerned about training uh, and not not just their training and whether they were able to prepare an environment that that set them up for success in the games that were meant to be this summer, but also the fact that they were off training in environments uh, where they were then going back to their family and back to their communities and feeling like it, it was their social responsibility to really look at that and wonder if that's the right thing to do. Um, you know, one athlete talked about um, a 91-year-old grandmother that she was exposed to at this time, and she just was like, I, "I don't know how I can train and be with my grandmother." Right? So they were all put in this situation where um, you know they knew they knew the right thing to focus on was health and safety, and again for the broader community. And so this was is what was you know being discussed. Uh, and we have a, a chief medical officer as part of Team Canada, and. Um, you know, he really said the most important thing right now is, um, is not necessarily about athletes training to achieve at the games this summer, it's much more about the health and safety of the athletes and the broader community. So we really need to just take pause here and think about what the right thing to do is and the athletes uh most definitely were at the center of that um so there were numerous stakeholders working round the clock it was that saturday and that sunday that march 21st and 22nd i will always remember because march 22nd uh was my daughter's 13th birthday so not only were we working around the clock but i was trying to manufacture a birthday party in a covid environment uh for uh, a 13 year old. So uh, it, was, it was an interesting time. So we had numbers of stakeholders that we got together. Again, our chief medical officer, our uh, team Canada board, uh, our senior leadership team, um, uh, the athletes uh, either directly and or through the athletes commission, which is a representative body of the athletes uh, in Canada, uh, those that are both summer and winter bound uh, Olympic athletes. Uh, and then the broader sports system, our national sport organizations. And so we brought all these stakeholders together um, and really paid attention to what that concern is. And then and then it was really, you know, it's interesting when you're going through a process of that nature, um, you know what the right thing to do is. The right thing was to pay attention to health and safety. Put that first. And then the answer actually becomes pretty quickly apparent. Uh, and then the challenge becomes managing the implications around the answer. So the answer was, we can't continue in this way. Uh, it's not It's not in keeping with what public health in Canada is telling us what to do, um, and it, it causes uh, tremendous risk. Um, and so once we determined that that was the right answer, working very closely with the athletes, in particular the Athlete Commission and the broader sport community, um, then it became a mix of sort of uh, pace and pause. one of my colleagues at the time during this weekend said, uh, you know, this is probably one of the most important decisions that uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee has ever made. And it just caused a moment for me of pause. Like you're running through the paces and you're trying to get everything done. And then you realize that, you know, these in times like this, it's a combination of pace and pause. Uh, So you're working through, you know, uh, working uh, very closely with our communications department as lead in terms of what should we say? When do we say it? How do we say it? What are we going to say? Um, because there were so many stakeholders involved. And so working through the pace, making sure that um, we had spoken with everybody we needed to speak to to help inform the decision and then figure out how to communicate the decision. And like I said, there's pace that comes with that. And you've probably all been through that experience before. But what I learned through that is also finding the right moments to pause because these decisions matter. So, so that's, you know, that's what we went through. It was about uh, just under 48 hours. Um, and, uh, you know, so we moved forward, uh, we made the decision, we communicated the decision, uh, that in itself, um, on, again, on the Sunday night, I remember one of our colleagues, uh, we called her mission control and she literally, she had the headset on and we're all calling in through, uh, through Skype, which is what we use and on the phone. And she's like, okay, have you done this? Have you done this? And we're all reporting back to her in terms of the things that we've done to make sure that no stakeholder was missed, whether it was informing the decision or communicating the decision. Uh, and, you know, again, that related to everybody, athletes, sports system, our partners, uh, our corporate partners. Um, uh, so, you know, working through all of that was uh, was really, really important um, and led to a positive outcome because, you know, unfortunately, the athletes... Um, Uh, were the ones who were then, you know, at that stage uh, not to be going to the games. But that is the decision that they thought was the right decision. Um, Because again, this was bigger than sport uh, and public health mattered more. Um, And then you might recall uh, just a couple days after that, uh, the IOC uh, then determined to postpone the games um, to next summer. So it all worked uh, probably in the best way for everybody. Everybody's health and healthy and safe, um, and uh, you know that's that's really the process. The other thing I would mention is that um, you know perhaps a little bit serendipitous, um, but uh, as we were figuring out these communications and making sure our stakeholders were were thought of, we of course uh, one of our most important stakeholders uh, certainly our partners and and Team Canada fans. We needed to talk to Canadians about the decision we were making. So my brand and marketing team had literally. <laughs> 24 hours to come up with a new campaign Uh, and so uh, and it's you know uh, we're not for profit so there's not tremendous (laughs) very few resources in terms of communication so then the digital team had to double down and say okay how are we going to communicate this Uh, and so with that they came up with a, a campaign we are all team Canada uh, which to this to this day, we still continue to roll out into the marketplace. And it will take us right through to, um, in, into including uh, next year, because we are all team Canada. Like we are in a place where we need to band together and make sure that we, we solve uh, what we can solve in this COVID environment. So, um, you know, it's, it was an amazing initiative, really fun to be a part of from a brand and marketing perspective. And, you know, so our initial foray into uh, communications was based on um, the notion that we will postpone today because we're going to conquer tomorrow. So The games are postponed today but we're together in the global community going to conquer tomorrow and we are all team Canada. Um, and that campaign has evolved since uh, athletes and celebrities and media personalities have just taken it and run with it and we've got numerous people across the country hanging signs in their window saying we are all team Canada stay inside help flatten the curve. Um, and again, the reason why it's serendipitous is, is, you know, the success of that campaign has actually led us to being uh for now the number one sports uh team brand in the country. So the results have been tremendous. We've grown audiences like we never anticipated, engagement like we haven't seen before. Uh and so, you know, it's uh again, it's not something that any of us asked for, but it's uh, you know, as a branded marketing um person in the industry and for my colleagues and for my team it's 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 truly something to be proud of so we're doing the right thing and and driving results for the organization so so yeah so a long winded way to explain how the process went but uh it was a ride let me tell you
0: <laughs> I, I mean it's a, it's I'm sure a lot happened in those 48 hours and you know I think what touched me a little bit was your your uh, thought around stopping to level set and to think about mm-hmm. the strategic mindset of you know, what decisions mm-hmm. need to be made. And we're mm-hmm. often moving at such agility and such pace, especially now, um, but the importance of kind of staying back and being like, okay, what is best for our fans, for our athletes, for our stakeholders? And I think mm-hmm. that was thought throughout, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's one of the most important things that I've ever learned in my career is that um, there's, there are many times to just pause and listen. And it's amazing what you'll hear and what mm-hmm. you'll think. So, you know, there's momentum and there's movement and we've got to keep moving forward. But there's always an opportunity to per- pause, reflect and figure out what the next strategic move is, which includes listening. to mm-hmm.
0: other people. What, what have you learned about leadership and, and your team in, in a situation like this? You've, you've gone through so much in the last few months. You know, is there any takeaways for you looking back? Yes.
1: Oh, most definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it's, uh, again, it's, it's, we all have our own unique experiences have, having, gone through this. Uh, but you know, my experience is that, um, you know, and it, it, it leans in a little bit on my career advice, but that opportunity actually looks like a lot of hard work. So you roll your sleeves up, you get in there and it's looking so challenging and you can't even imagine a way through. Uh, but if you band together, pivot, pause, Figured out, um, the opportunity presents itself. And, um, and I think that, that we all learned, um, as much as it was, again, a very challenging uh, environment, that um, if you really just take a moment, the opportunity is there. And the opportunity in this instance was to do the right thing, first and foremost. Health and safety matters most. Uh, And then figure out, um, you know, what we needed to do through that. So I'm sure everybody uh, on the team uh, had some personal reflections in terms of how they found their way through that. Um, But but I think that's really important that, that you roll up your sleeves, you get in there, you figure out how to help. Don't worry about what position you're in, how senior you are. I mean, I'll give you one one moment of reflection. uh, So I mentioned that uh, that Sunday was my daughter's 13th birthday. And uh, I also mentioned my colleague who was like had the headsets on and she's mission control and she's running through all our to-do lists and what we needed to do. And I was sitting on the floor of my bedroom, listening to her mission control, looking at my to-do list, wrapping presents for my daughter, trying to figure out how I'm going to make dinner. And I just went, this isn't good for anybody. And I called the person who who leads my uh, marketing partnerships team, and I said, "What are you doing right now?" And she said, "Nothing. I'm free." And I said, "I'm handing my entire responsibility over to you." And I left. I left for only four hours, uh, but I had enough confidence in her, uh, and 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 needed to do the right thing because I was. Torn for a few hours in far too many different directions, and so an opportunity there was for me to reflect, figure out what what went on, what was important, and give that opportunity to somebody else who is just as capable as, as for stepping in for me. So uh, that will always uh, strike me as a really important reflection from from the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think like the importance of communication is becoming a theme here. Um, I'd love to kind of understand you know how you're looking at communication between the team between the athletes now that everyone is kind of individually working from home? Um, you know, how are you keeping everyone together and engaged?
1: Yes, well, isn't that, the, uh, isn't that the challenge these days? I'm just so happy right now that I'm not seeing red bars. So I think we're going to make it through this. <laughs> and that's thanks in no small part to our IT team uh, who, uh, you know, it's amazing. They're the backbone of an organization, and we all know that. But it takes a crisis for us to go, holy cow, what will we do without them, right? And so when we decided to work from home, uh, we, from a business continuity perspective, we'd actually never done that before. I'm sure many of you are in the same situation where the whole organization is all of a sudden working from home, and we turned it around in 24 hours. It's all of a sudden, we're just working from home and we're probably not going back, right? And so, um, you know, you need to be flexible uh, and our IT team is very, um, uh, you know, staff focused. What what are the needs of the staff? Uh, What do we need to make sure that they're operating functioning functioning well at home and let's get those needs out there and make sure everybody has has what they need to function and uh you know it's been exceptional our IT team our IT team has really uh stepped up and and so working from home is going very very well uh you know personally for me I'm, I'm pretty social so I'm not sure I'm a work from home person but I'm fine like it's going well I'm loving I'm loving zoom I'm loving loving seeing your smiling faces and that's important to me I actually much prefer uh this than, than phone calls, because uh, I need that. But it doesn't mean everybody needs that. So we all uh, we all function differently. So, you know, and then there's our communications department who, uh, I just mentioned, you know, help us get get through that, help lead us through that journey uh, of uh, March. Um, but to this day, they're, they're always one step ahead of us. You know, who needs to hear from us? Uh, who are our stakeholders? Uh, and so staff, First and foremost, we are talking to our staff on a very regular basis, uh, regardless of the stakeholder. We're open, transparent, we're frequent, we're talking. Uh, sometimes we, we don't know all the answers, but we're just gonna get out there and make sure that we're uh, making sure that uh, we're timely in what it is that we're talking about. Um, you know, The other learning from, uh, from the experience in March was that we were able to build and frankly, deepen a lot of relationships whether that be with athletes, with our national sporting organizations, the broader sport community, government, our partners. Um, and so we now have uh, processes where we can, okay, we have something to say. We need all the partners on the call tomorrow. Let's make it happen. And we used to you know, think about what's the agenda? What are we going to present? What do they need to hear? Well, we know they need to hear this and it might not be perfect, but let's just go. Uh, and it has helped us uh, build relationships, deepen relationships, and be timely and transparent in our, in our communications. So, so it's 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 in that way. But we learn; we're not perfect, um, you know. But for the most part, uh, those are our guiding principles: like let's be open, transparent, and and timely. Um, and uh, one of the really neat things that we did again, because we've been able to deepen our relationships with athletes and the sporting community. Um, we actually brought uh, Chris Hadfield in, who's a Canadian astronaut, uh, Order of Canada recipient, uh, quite an incredible individual. Uh, and so we brought him onto a Zoom call with uh, all of the athletes, uh, our staff, uh, and uh, the broader sports system. And he talked about his experience as an astronaut uh, and being in isolation and, and managing all of the stress that comes with that and how does one navigate through. Uh, and so he was just pulling us all in and really giving us a, uh, lots of things to think about and, and help navigate through. So, I mean, that's the role that we play as Team Canada is how can we help the athletes navigate through anything that they're going through in a particular, um, this crisis right now.
2: So Jackie, I have a question for you. you you've said a couple things that really struck me about finding moments to pause.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you're really basing a lot of this around the sort of empathy of, the, of really feeling the people and being there for that mm-hmm. mental support. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give uh, other leaders that are on this conference with us on um, some best practices that you've been seeing in the community that you're involved in where clearly people are first and the athletes, it's amazing to me that they uh, were worried about others when their training is so incredibly intense that their hearts were worried about what they were bringing into the community. So that empathy is obviously heartfelt across everybody. What, what advice would you give to others? Because I know you said you don't really like being at home. You love to be with people. And I know there are others that are very isolated, possibly you know, attending the conference like me all alone. So what advice do you have for leaders to help with the mental agility that people need, like the athletes have?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think it, we're all reading uh, that uh, as much as we started with a place of, of physical wellness and managing that in the COVID environment, um, quickly on the heels of that is how are we managing our, our mental wellness. And so uh, we talk a lot about that at our senior leadership team. We definitely have resources that we um, have pulled together uh, for a number of our stakeholders. Related to a number of things, but in particular, uh, mental wellness. Um, And we have, so for example, for the staff and for the athletes, we have separate portals, but we've developed like a a dashboard and a portal of tools uh, to very specifically address um, mental wellness. And uh, lots of prompting in terms of things to think about, tools and resources available. We are very fortunate to have a partner uh, in Morneau-Chapelle who are experts in mental wellness. Um, and so we partner with them to make sure that we have all these resources available. Um, and we talk about it all the time. Uh, I make sure that I mention it all the time and through our, you know, our staff communications, no matter what we're talking about, we almost always end with, and these are the tools available to you, please call. You know, you may may not have a mental wellness issue today, but why not call establish the relationship? So if you need it, it's there because there's ever been a time you know, now's the time. The other thing I would say is, you know, more along the lines of leadership is that, um, you know, if I've learned anything through this, uh, you're not a leader because of your title necessary, you're a leader because of how you've uh, been able to be resilient through these challenges, right? Uh, and, you know, there's so many aspects of leadership and sometimes because I'm an executive, I lead on behalf of the team, that, that is just my job. There are times that I do that. Uh, And there are times that I'm leading alongside my team. So the example would be uh, back in March when brand and digital team were off trying to figure out a campaign. I wasn't even on the calls at all. It came in. It was perfect. Let's go. Right. And so I think that there's times when we do that, that we don't have to be the center of attention. We don't have to be in front. We can come along. Uh, And then I think my most important insight uh, over these, these, certainly these past few weeks is sometimes we lead because of our team right? We lead for our team, alongside our team, but sometimes because of our team. And in those instances, my team is just running and I'm just there to support. I'm opening a door. I'm getting a hurdle out of the way. I might have absolutely nothing to do with it. I'm just there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, your teams are strong. My team's super strong. And so when we're muddling through this stuff and we need to be resilient, there's no playbook. Nobody knows what to do tomorrow, let alone next week. But we've got really, really important decisions to make. Lead because of your team, because they're more than capable of getting us wherever it is we need to go. hmm that's great. And I, I
2: love that you also mentioned that it's not in a leadership position that you're called upon to lead right now. Oh, yes. But, but it's the qualities of the empathy you're talking about, the transparency. Yeah. And I love that you talk about talking. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds to me like you're, you would suggest to people, hey, keep the communication open. If you're not hearing from your manager, call your manager. organize a a conversation around something and I think that's uh, a really great lesson we can learn from the Olympians and that's why they're champions right
1: (laughs) they're elite absolutely they are elite you know as as it relates to to specifically communication in this environment I mean I guess the other thing I would say is that um, you got to try lots of different things right so uh, you might do team huddles you might you know so I do a team huddle I was doing them very frequently we've gone back to to normal circumstances now because we're online I felt like I was just talking and there was really not a lot of opportunity for dialogue and discourse so now I've in addition to that um, we're trying there we're calling them tea chats with Jackie so we're having these little tea chats with the team just five people uh, on Zoom and so then we can definitely talk and I can, can hear from the team where I used to be able to see them just in the hallway right and so really looking to find new ways to uh, collaborate uh, and communicate in this environment.
2: Has that been good for you, too, since you miss the camaraderie and the energy?
1: <laughs> yes, because especially when you're, you know, I'm on the phone with my team and there's there's 30 people there and I'm just talking and I'm thinking they must be tired of hearing from somebody else talk. But sometimes Zoom just doesn't allow for that necessarily, right? So you have to find ways to break down into pieces and, and feel that, that sense of community
0: great yeah no totally i i think i kind of wanted to touch upon something um, you brought in earlier in the conversation around momentum right so there's there's a switch to the olympics moving to next summer um Mm -hmm. you know i've actually got my team canada little gloves here uh so I, i wanted to talk about how you keep uh fans engaged right now or the athletes engaged and keep that momentum going into next year well, yeah,
1: isn't a good question? And uh, momentum is going to be key. Um, you know, we talked about uh, sort of our phases of planning uh, and because um, we're trying to, you know, everybody's trying to find the path forward without the playbook, right? So, you know, when we think of, of the sort of two months that are past, uh, in particular March, uh, we were in the respond phase. So what do we do? What's the answer? Keep moving forward, uh, often rushing to get the communications out, but making sure we're being timely in our response. We're now moving into what we would just sort of describe as the, the recover phase. We aren't recovered, but we're trying to figure out how to plan for recovery. Um, and, um, because the momentum matters, right? So it's a different kind of momentum, but it's making sure that we're, again, we're not standing still, that we're trying to look ahead. Right? So for team Canada, that means finding ways for the athletes to return to training, return to sport. What does that look like? It's changing in every province every day. Um, and so we don't have the answers, uh, but making sure that, again, we're back collaborating with those stakeholders that we talked about, uh, and that um, and that we're making sure that we're being thoughtful about helping, uh, however we can help uh, these athletes transition back into training. And, you know, some of the things that the athletes are looking for from us is, um, you know, their financial security so their lives have changed dramatically as well right and and uh so they're looking for financial security they're looking for um help with physical wellness with mental wellness as you mentioned justine access to information so we're really thinking about as we move into this recover phase how can we help the athletes how can we help our staff and how can we help the broader sport community because eventually we all want to get back out on the soccer pitch and the, the hockey rink right so um, so that's where we are right now, and so that momentum is is going to take us there. Um, and then, uh, you know, with all hopes, uh, the third phase of this is thriving. What does it look like next year? when we are, when we are finally thriving, and um, you know, what better, what better icon than than the global um, movement Olympic sport? It just brings that sense of hope. And imagine that this time next year, um, that we're all coming together. Uh, next summer in July in Tokyo, celebrating that we've all made it through this and we're thriving again. And that as a global community, we have hope. And so it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's actually, frankly, a really nice path to plan against, right? And make sure that the momentum is is tracking in the right direction. So so that's what we're working on right now.
0: I love that because like sports can act as an enabler of inspiration, of hope, of community. And mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, we're all going through a lot right now, but to have that on the horizon is, is something we're all looking forward to. Yes, um,
1: absolutely, for sure.
0: I, I'd love to end it off with one, one additional question because we're trying to make sure that as part of each of these sessions, we're supporting young professionals and, and giving um, advice to people as they continue to grow their careers or they face challenges right now. So would love to know your thoughts on advice that you would give to a young professional either wanting to work in the sports industry or to um, you know, continue their career in marketing
1: um yeah well so look i'd be happy to provide some advice there i mean this type of form is super important connection matters uh, networking matters um you know as i said before i really do think opportunity looks like a whole lot of hard work so you get in there you roll your sleeves up um don't be precious about what you're doing some days you're going to get really exciting challenging needy tasks and other days you're going to do filing Now, i've been that person <laughs> i've been an intern i know exactly what it feels like um actually started my career a little bit late. I was an intern when I was 31 years old. And I, let me tell you, that's a humbling experience. <laughs> um, so I, I think that you really just, you know, you need to work hard. And then the other thing I would say is just really think about um, what matters to you, what you're passionate about, and be really focused on that. Because with that focus, that will help you in your career. Because many times in my career, I have been at the crossroads of what I would describe as ambition and passion. And sometimes those two things meet, and sometimes they don't. And so you really need to know what you want to do. And I I don't think you need the answers. You don't necessarily know, I want to be this one day. Uh, But you need to think about what drives you, what motivates you, what you're most excited about. And then make sure you lean in on the passion, but know that that might come with choices. And it's okay if your choice is ambition. And so, you know, I'm going to go for this new job because maybe it's more money, a bigger title. I get I get to be working where I've always wanted to work, but maybe it doesn't uh, lean in on my passion. But know that that's a choice that you've made, right? So I think really having a lot of self-awareness around ambition and passion and know where you sit, and when you are caused with having to make that decision, because I'm telling you it's coming many times in your career, um, Lean in on what your gut is telling you. And and that's how you'll find the answers. And, um, you know, so I have always led with passion. I always have done jobs that I choose to do. And that has come with compromise. It perhaps has led to where I am in my career, but I am so happy about where I am and there's no looking back. So I think those two things really, really matter.
0: I love that. I, I think that's kind of all the time we have, but I really appreciate you jumping on Jackie. This has been a great, uh, great conversation.
1: Awesome. I love Thank where you. you're at too, Jackie. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the best. Awesome. Well, well done. I'm so pleased have been here to jump in here. Go team Canada. Go team Canada. Awesome. Thank you guys.
0: All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us at sponsor talk on Twitter and at the sponsorship space on LinkedIn and join our community if you're interested in learning more. Thanks, and have a great day.